0: The thing is, once you get going with something, there is opportunity everywhere, everywhere. And no. I think if you take responsibility and accountability for your own destiny, life happens you know, for you, not to you, then anything's possible. But you've got to believe it yourself, first of all, the mindset piece is really important. Be clear on where you're heading, have a plan and, and understand why you're doing this stuff and take the action and then you will get the results.
1: Welcome to episode two of how not to run a business. Your host, Jeremy Jacobs here. I'm very excited to share this episode with you because it's my first interview. And I interviewed my friend Jeanette Linfoot, who I met on Clubhouse last year. And if you don't know Jeanette, she is a female powerhouse in the travel industry. She's worked her way up from the bottom. She's worked for big companies like Thomas Cook and TUI, And her last role was CEO of the travel division for Saga Holidays, where they had a turnover of £370 million a year. And she ran four businesses within that company. She is from up north. Don't hold it against her. I'm only joking. She knows I'm joking. We had the most amazing conversation. So Jeanette left her High profile, very secure um, job as a CEO to go it alone and start her own businesses. She'd been doing it for three years now, plenty of time to get lots of experience. And she came on and very generously shared her journey, her story, but also the mistakes that she's made the fuck-ups, the breakdowns, and what she's learned. And this episode is filled chock with great advice. And we had a right laugh filming it. I do have to confess something. This was the first time I'd interviewed someone on zoom and i did mess it up so i have made a mistake i'm very sorry i forgot to separate out the audio tracks so unfortunately you're going to hear me laughing and chuckling in the background whilst Jeanette's talking had i have done it properly we'd have probably cut that out so i do apologize but it doesn't detract from the fabulous conversation and the fun we had so please sit back relax and enjoy So hello, I'm here with my good friend, Jeanette Linford. Lovely to see you, Jeanette. How are you today?
0: Oh, uh, Honestly, I've been so looking forward to this, Jeremy. I am excellent, thank you. And thank you for asking me oh, on your wonderful podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Please, I mean, I know a lot about you. I uh, I called you a powerhouse of a, a female in the travel industry. Um, but I'd love to uh, just let everyone know who you are. A bit of background.
0: You can probably tell from my dulcet tones, I am a Mancunian. Please do not hold it against me. Um, But, yeah, I I grew up in Manchester, the youngest of three daughters, actually. So my my dad, God rest his soul, used to call us the Nicker Brigade when we were kids growing up. So um, (laughs) he was surrounded by by tempestuous women, shall we say. But, uh, yeah, so very normal kind of family life growing up in Manchester. But, you know, very working class family, I would say. Dad was a plumber. Mum was um, a secretary, but quite entre- entrepreneurial, my mum, actually. So uh she's yeah. quite, quite a maverick, actually, my mum. So maybe that's where some of my uh, spirit comes from. But, um, yeah, essentially, I kind of, you know, went to university over in Leeds. Um, I stayed north, did an economics degree, came out with a first, um, which was uh, I was very pleased with. But um, Wow, yeah.
1: congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I was uh, the only one in my family to go to you. So I kind of felt that pressure, you know, and, and definitely mm. a theme, and we'll, we'll get on to this, Jeremy, uh, throughout my career, has been a little bit about the old imposter syndrome and feeling like not good enough, don't fit in, going to get found out, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was probably my first uh, feelings around that of, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm at university now and, and kind of need to do well. And then when I graduated, show my age now, in 93, there was a recession on. So I was applying for like hundreds of jobs. I mean, you know, you name it, I got rejected by everyone. Um, you know, so, so, yeah, I remember applying for a, for a graduate scheme at Rugby Cement.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Living they, the dream. <laughs>
0: they, they didn't even want me, Jeremy. Um, oh, no. Oh, I know. And then uh, McCain Oven Chips, that was another one that didn't make that either. Um, so essentially, you know, it was it, that was the time. So I just did whatever job I could, you know, wiping tables in Debenhams, working the bar, yeah. whatever to, to pr- bring some cash in. Because I didn't want my parents, who had already struggled financially, to send me to, for, to, for me to be a problem, you mm. know. So anyway, I got my first proper job as a government. Economist down in Whitehall in London. Yeah, so, nice. so I said I said to myself, right, you know, three years, you're a northerner, you're going to end up back north. Three years, you'll be in London. About 30 years later, I was still there until very recently. So, um, wow. but I uh, essentially, I had, um, you know, a very good first job, but it, I knew I wasn't made for the civil service. No disrespect to anyone that's in the civil service, but it wasn't really for me. So I jumped into the travel industry Um, And then really worked for various travel companies that you'll have heard of. So First Choice, Thomson, TUI, Thomas Cook, Saga. And essentially, I worked my way up from the bottom, really, to ultimately becoming the managing director of the emerging markets for TUI. So I bought, ran, sold businesses in Russia, China, India, all over the place. And then the last corporate gig I did was as the CEO of the travel division for Saga, um, and there I ran four businesses about 370 million of turnover so you know decent businesses a yeah. big, big turnaround job and then I was in my mid-40s, and I decided to jump out of corporate life, and this about three years ago, and essentially become my own boss. So I became an entrepreneur, and I've now got a portfolio of my own businesses, um, property, investing, mentoring. I do a lot of board advisory work on sort of scale-ups, and I've got my my own podcast as well, which, Jeremy, you are coming on very soon. So yeah.
1: I'm very excited, excited, to, and it's called
0: brave bold oh, oh, yeah. brilliant
1: yeah i love the title love the title and just very quickly what what what's your what's the podcast about
0: so it's all about high performance really and pushing out of your comfort zone embracing the failures you know so i interview anyone from multi billion um you know ceos running big corporates right the way through to entrepreneurial startups um, so mm-hmm. yeah it's there for inspiration guidance support and help for people to be honest so business centric right but also an emphasis around high performance,
1: really. Bab, uh, make sure you go and listen to that when you're not listening to this. Um, so I've got a question, just a couple of things that you, when you were talking about your background, um, one of the things was you said you became, an, you you left your corporate role to become an entrepreneur. Do you feel like you were always entrepreneurial? Because I've just, that thought of, uh, you know, is entrepreneur, there's these sort of debates, isn't there, within that space of is entrepreneurism, Entrepreneurialism mouthful and also a mindset rather than an actual thing. Do you agree, disagree?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really a mindset, to be honest. Um, I do I do think there are certain traits that entrepreneurs have around attitude to risk and you know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because when I was in my corporate life, I knew I was great at running, you know, a CEO, running very large, footsie listed businesses. I knew I was good in that environment. You know, I would kind of was comfortable there. And I used to tell myself, oh, I'm not very entrepreneurial. But actually, when I look back, even through my corporate life, everything I did was really around scale up, you know, turn around new markets you know I mean I got thrown out into Russia you know I didn't speak Russian never done business over there bought three businesses you know so I actually even within the constructs of of a big organization like TUI and Saga I guess I was entrepreneurial but I never saw myself as that and I told myself I wasn't for years Mm -hmm. so then Mm -hmm. when I jumped out and I guess became an entrepreneur in the definition of a word however you define it I thought oh Actually, I'm quite good at this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and um, you know, so you know, you've got you've got all this experience, and you've been working in these large organisations. What was it? Because you could have continued your career, you know, going up the air quotes ladder and becoming more and more successful, getting you know bigger pay rise, all that sort of stuff. But you took the choice to. Stop all of that and become an entrepreneur. Now uh, you'll know that I've been running my own businesses for fifteen years, um, and you've been doing it for a few years. And so you'll know, as me as well as I do, that there's it's just a completely different world, and it presents a whole load of other challenges. So I'm really interested to hear. Like what was what were you what were you thinking? Like some people might say, <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking? Why why make that leap from what is quite a comfortable, what it looks like a comfortable place? Because that's why I was really interested to speak to you, Jeanette. Because you know we've known each other for less than a year, but you've been incredibly supportive, and I know that you've had an amazing career, and you're such a unique, in my view, person to do what you've done. So, could you talk me a little, talk through a little bit about what you were thinking while you did it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely, you know, sometimes you you reach crossroads in your life, don't you? At different points, you know, Um, and I felt like I'd come to a bit of a crossroad. Chris, my other half, he's 10 years older than me. Um, although he looks amazing, he's great. You know, it's not It's He
1: does actually <laughs> bowed <about> for that.
0: <laughs> it's not a thing, but that but there does come a point when you get to a certain point in your life and you you you're kind of conscious that you've still got a good run left in you, and you've still got the energy, the fire in the belly, and the knowledge experience. But you all also are kind of aware that you know, you're not going to live forever either. So I, I guess yeah. whether I was, I, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, but it was definitely an inflection point. And I just thought, you know what, actually, what do I want in at this point in, in, in my life for, for Chris and I as a couple, we don't have kids, so we've got a lot of flexibility around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, I just thought, you know what, actually, even though I love my corporate life and I was never one of these that moaned about their corporate life, I enjoyed my career. Um, but I, I thought, you know what, I want to be more in control. Control of my destiny, even when you are extremely well paid um, in those kind of roles, you're still exchanging your time for money, you know. And I just thought actually, instead of making significant wealth for everyone else, i.e., for the big corporates, isn't it about time that we created significant long-term wealth for ourselves so we can have freedom choice flexibility? So, you know, those were some of the drivers. But I didn't land on it immediately. And this is one, I think, an important message because I'm a big believer that if you know where you're heading, then it's a lot easier to get there. But the reality mm-hmm. is you don't always know immediately. And sometimes you just have to let things kind of settle and evolve. So I came out of Saga... And I took, we took more or less a year to go traveling. We did three months backpacking around South America, a month diving in the Philippines. We had an amazing time. And I thought mm. I would go back in and do another big CEO role. I really did. But what ended up yeah. happening, as I kind of just had time for reflection, I started getting approached for advisory work, in particular from private equity houses that wanted me to support them with mergers and acquisitions, because I'd done a lot of that in my corporate life. And I thought, oh. OK, this is interesting. At that point, property wasn't on the radar so what I'm saying to people is really, you know, you don't have to have a light bulb moment. You might do, and that's great. But if you don't, don't st- don't stress it. Don't force it. It will come to you eventually. So sometimes it yeah. just takes a while. But those are some of the drivers for me around around lifestyle choice, really, Jeremy, and also sort of yeah. knowing there was more in me than than what I was
1: doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really. You know, because we do that, don't we? We look at people's lives and look at their story, and we only see what we see from what we hear. And we also apply our own thinking to your situation. And it's only when you share back and you go, wow, okay, yeah, I can, you know, that makes complete sense as to why you would do that. Um, You know, and it's, you know, it's, I think the thing you've also highlighted, and I'd love to explore a little bit more with you now is, it's, the, it's what come up for me. I'm writing at the moment. I've got a uh, a webinar tonight, which I'm running, which is thinking about starting your own business. And it's a free event and I'm doing it because I want to um, share my experience. And, you know, there'll be lots of people out there listening to your podcast, listening to my podcast um, that that are thinking about it and have never been able to take the leap of faith because there's fear is holding them back. I would say whatever reason, and so i want to explore with them like you know let's start having that conversation and what i'm what i got from what you just shared and what i'm seeing is that everyone's um, circumstances are very unique you know you took a year out clearly you had some money to be able to afford you to do that um you know people will be coming from either specialist roles or, you know, they're doing a particular role let's say they're working in marketing for example i was having a conversation with someone today who started their own business last year they had a specialism they were good at something so they then took that similar to what you've done, and they've gone and created their own business. But there'll be people coming in from a different point of view, which I suspect there's quite a lot of people out there who just want to work for themselves, but they don't necessarily have a, a strong set of skills and they're just figuring it out. So I guess it's it's quite complex, isn't it, in terms of background and your skill sets and and things like that. But what, looking back over the last few years and since you've made that, that switch, what do you think you would either advise people, because what you said about letting things settle and taking time is such great advice. And I completely agree. I'm in that position myself. I've just closed my business and I'm looking to forge a new career and I want to go, go, go. I need to earn money. I need to do this. And and actually it's really important for me just to take it step by step. Um, What would you say to people who are in that position, You know, top things they need to think about or things that you wish you'd have done differently?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in here, isn't it? I think I think sometimes you know comparing ourselves to others can be quite dangerous, and I think people do that a lot. Or, or they say, "Oh, well, I should do this, or I could do this." And let's be clear, right? Neither is better or worse; they're just different. So running your own business can be amazing, but it can be incredibly lonely. There's a lot of risk, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't always work out, as you well know, Jeremy. So that can be difficult. Yeah. Believe me, when I was in corporate life, the pressure I was under, I mean, I would be traveling and away from home 60 to 70% of the time. So everyone sees the, you know, the glamour and the position and this and the other. And actually, you know, what goes on behind the scenes is much more complex than that. So I would say if, you know, pick something that you're genuinely passionate about that you can love because life is a lot easier if you actually love what you do, right? And if you're waking up (laughs) every morning dreading going to work or dreading the business you're in, maybe it's your own business and you're just really not loving it, maybe it's time to do something different. So really challenge yourself around what is it that you're passionate about um, and find something that you're going to love. I think secondly, you know, there's multiple ways to leave a job and become your own boss there's no, mo- there's no one size fits all. For some people it's a, it's a kind of shit or bust, excuse my French, you know, and and they need that. They need that kind of burning platform to galvanize, galvanize them. So you can't go back, yeah. you know, what does Tony Robbins say? Burn the boats. If you want to take the island, burn the boats. So that's one approach for some people. That's what they need to make the jump for other people. Maybe it's saying, okay, I need to start something on the, sidelines because I've got commitments, I'm slightly more risk-averse. You know, so think mm-hmm. about the, the the conditions that are going to be right for you. Land on something you're passionate about, but for God's sake, make a decision. And then once you've made <laughs> once you've made a decision, get on with it. Because you know what? Life is too short. We only have one. We don't know how long we're here for. And if you, so many people, Jeremy, never live their dreams. And I, this is something I'm really passionate about. It's why I do my mm-hmm. mentoring, it's why I do my advisor, it's why I do my podcast. So what a shame to go to your grave saying i could have done this i should have done that you know and people stay in things too long sometimes you know bad relationship whatever it might be a job you hate so just take a deep breath have a plan give some consideration think about what you're passionate about think about how you're going to transition out or start but bloody hell make a decision and crack on
1: yeah, I love that. I love that. It's so true. I uh, I was working with a client last week, just started and we were having this conversation and they were stuck and they hadn't been, you know, moving forwards. And I came in and I was just like, choose, make a decision because you've been going around in circles for so long. And I completely agree what, with what you said, Jeanette, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs and business owners out there who have done it and are willing to You know, like we're having this conversation, share their journey, share their story from an incredibly philanthropic and generous space. Um, You know, there's lots of help and support out there. But as you say, plan, you know, you do need a plan um, or even if it's a small plan, but just get fucking going. Like otherwise, as you say, you end up looking back and realizing you're suddenly 65 and, you know, oh, shit, I've lost my opportunity. It's a very, very good point. I completely agree. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about what are the kind of pro like, what are your biggest pros or things that you've realized since you started working for yourself that you just think, wow, I, this is why I did it. And this is why I love doing it.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think following a passion is, is one, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time soul searching around, I guess, you know, why am I here? You know, because mm. especially especially if you don't have kids, right? Chris and I chose not to have children. And sometimes, oh, you poor thing. Oh, can't you? <laughs> no, actually, it's a personal choice, right? So anyway, mm. but but I digress slightly. But but the thing is, if you don't have kids for whatever reason, you know, the natural reason why for many people is a legacy for their children, right? Um, but for me, I thought a lot about, well, why am I here? You know, and I, I firmly believe every single person has got greatness in them. And one of the reasons I'm here here is to help people fulfill their dreams in whichever little yeah. way or big way that can be. So I got really clear on my kind of purpose and, and reason why. And so, you know, when I'm having a one-to-one mentoring session with someone and I'm seeing them smashing it and bringing the results in, I just think, wow, you know, I love doing this. I genuinely get a huge amount of satisfaction from that. So I think, you know, jumping out and doing your own thing and something that you love is is, is fantastic. So so that's one thing. Yeah. The freedom choice flexibility you know if, if I want to bugger off for two three weeks I can I don't have to put in my annual leave request and maybe I might get it maybe <laughs> I won't um yeah. you know so, so that helps but but it isn't easy it can be lonely um but yeah I think the thing is once you get going with something there is opportunity everywhere everywhere and i think if you take responsibility and accountability for your own destiny life happens you know for you not to you then anything's possible but you've got to believe it yourself first of all the mindset piece is really important be clear on where you're heading have a plan and, and understand why you're doing this stuff and take the action and then you will get the results but you know what if it doesn't work out you'll have learned something and then you'll do mm. better next time. So try to embrace the the fact that you're going to fail because you will at something. That's life. Um, and I think yeah. once you get your head around all of that, actually, it's it's just a, a joyful place to be. But no, it isn't easy. And actually, sometimes it's it's you can earn a lot more money staying in a job and it's steady and all of that. Mm. But that's not for everyone. But if that's your thing, that's cool. Stick with it. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, really, really completely agree with what you say, 100%. And, and it's about choice. Like what you said, I think there's something really powerful in what you said, particularly around your choice, not to have children like, you know, and people saying, oh, poor you and whatever, you know, it's, it's so true about choice. And this is what I talk to people. Like one of the first things I say to people when I'm coaching them or uh, mentoring them when they're starting a business is like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from your life? What do you want from your business? How do you want to work? Do you want to be like, become the next Elon Musk? Or do you want to have a lifestyle business? It's your choice. It's your life at the end of the day. And I think we can get so caught up, as you said before, like in concern for what other people are doing, what they have, how they're doing it, and coming back always to you know, making it work for you and your choice. And as you say, like, if it's not working out, you can always go back and get a job. You've learned something. Uh, You can do it differently. Like, the thing that really, excuse my language, fucks me off is this idea that that no one fails. Like, what the hell? Like, people fail all the time. Do you remember, I remember when Facebook brought out, they were trying to charge people, they tried to charge people to be able to boost your own posts within your own private network. What a stupid idea. They tried it and it failed miserably. Virgin Co- Virgin Cola, they tried to bring out a company. They failed I mean, Richard Branson's riddled with failures. Doesn't make him any less of an amazing entrepreneur. You know, so every business, every person has failure all over the place, but we run around pretending like everyone's just got to where they are through nothing but success. It's total bullshit. Do you
0: agree? 100% agree. I mean, listen, you know, I would say if you're not failing, you're not trying right? Because if yeah. you're not failing at anything, you're in your comfort zone, it's all steady and there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's you, just accept that's you and embrace mm-hmm. the you, you know, because not everyone is is there to take risk and, and that's fine. But once you, if you're really honest with yourself and you've got a passion for something, you want to do something, give it a go. But I accept you're going to fail, but you're going to learn something. Um, and and actually you're going to grow as a person. That's where the growth comes. And, you know, I always think that, you know, the the, the 10 most dangerous dangerous words or what will other people think and what will other people say you know Mm. and the reality is we spend so much time worrying about everyone else and actually they don't give a shit anyway they're so busy dealing with their own lives and what's going on that you've got the ego thinking oh what's everyone gonna oh where's Jeanette gonna turn up next in the big CEO (laughs) job they don't care, right? They genuinely do not care. So you know, it, honestly, I think we just waste time, effort, and energy on that sort of stuff. And you know, focus, focus on what's right for you, and um, and whatever that right is. And also, success is not all about money. Success mm. and can can be can be it could be being a great mom. It could be you know I don't know setting up a charity and giving back. It could be. Splitting the bloody atom, you know, for some people, or yeah. being, a, being a billionaire. But it's it's what's right for you. And, and I think that's the yeah. thing. And when you get a bit more comfortable in your own shoes and you decide what you want to be, what you're all about, who you want to work with, um, and realize that you know, you create the rules to your life. No one else, you. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you when you realize that, it's quite liberating because you go, Oh, yeah, actually, I do.
1: No, I completely agree. And that's, that's you know, that was the thing that I had this like glimmer of hope when I closed my business last year. I was like, I get this all this freedom to like create the life that I have. And then I hit reality and went, oh shit, actually creating a life is quite challenging. It's like, you know, there's a lot to think about. But as you say, it's like, take it slow. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to get there. You know, you're not going to get there tomorrow and it's not all going to happen overnight. It does take time. So some... Very wise words, as always, Jeanette. Um, Talk to me briefly, because I really want to move on to some, uh, some failures and some some mistakes and fuck ups and all that fun stuff that that, the meaty stuff. But, you know, what have been your challenges? What have been your challenges moving into entrepreneurship um, and becoming your own boss from from your previous role?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it's loads really, Jeremy, you know, I mean, we've, um, I think when you're starting something new and for us, you know, going into property uh, was was a whole new ball game. you know, we'd sort of dabbled in the past, but not seriously. And uh, I guess, you know, I, I'm a bit of a geek, right? And I love a plan. I love a spreadsheet. And, mm. I know, I, and I've been used to sort of, I suppose the discipline, the governance, the, the bells and whistles that come from big business, right? Um, and But when you're an entrepreneur, you can't apply that in exactly the same way. And I think when we started in our property business, I was probably being too much that way. And actually, I needed to be more flexible with things and a bit more intuitive around certain things. So, I'm, you know, I will always want discipline, rigor, structure, a plan, a spreadsheet. but don't use a hammer to smash a nut. And I was I was certainly you know trying to apply that way. And and actually now mm. we've got a really good, a really good approach that brings the best of both worlds. And that's really my sweet spot. That's how I help my clients as well. Because I say, you know, I can show you all this good stuff, but apply it in a right in a way that's relevant to a small or mid-sized business. And then that's where the magic happens. So definitely me taking too much of a corporate approach to, to our business. Um, yeah. I think with Chris and I, because we're in our property business together, we definitely tripped each other up in the beginning, you know, and it took Brian. us a while, a while to sort of really understand where our skills lay and that we could sort of, you know, almost write a job description for each other, which sounds a bit a bit crazy, but that that's sort of more or less it. And since we've done that, life is a lot more harmonious at home. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and we're a lot more effective. So, so I think those are, those are some of the things. Um, and I think you know, for for me, probably taking things a little bit too personally early on, and mm-hmm. and still still worrying what other people would think. Um, and I think if you're a if you're a caring person, you are always going to worry what other people think to a certain degree but it shouldn't be at the detriment of what you're trying to do. Um, you know, no. so, so I was definitely too, I think, too sensitive about, oh, gosh, what will everyone say? You know, what, what gosh, Jeanette's not going back to do another CEO role. So, you know, I think I, I wasted emotional energy on that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's loads of it. I mean, certainly in my in my corporate life, um you know it's quite tough being a woman in business in those big those big organizations sometimes I mean I I never let it hold me back you know because I always think if you walk into a room thinking there's going to be a problem there there will be a problem um but I still I think when I was younger I would I would sweat the small stuff far too much and Mm -hmm. also you know back in the sort of I suppose, late 90s, early 2000s, because there weren't a lot of role models in terms of very senior uh, women in, in, in my sector, I had sometimes made the mistake of thinking I need to be more like a man in order to get on in that world and a bit right. too much alpha yeah. female. Whereas now, you know, I, mean, I remember getting feedback once, 360 feedback, and I had loads of really good stuff in there. But one mm-hmm. of the things that he said was always in a suit, so I'd always be suited, right. but almost too much. So I uh, totally, right. totally changed my style because I'm quite a feminine. I like my dresses, I like my bright colours, I love my shoes, my yes. handbags, And yet I was presenting a version of myself that was was not really me, if you like the way I was mm. dressing. So I softened yeah. my image. And um, and yeah, that's so now I feel much more comfortable, I guess, in how I present myself um to the world. So yeah, those yeah, are. That's- just a
1: few ideas really there. Yeah, great. No, and I and I think you you, you um, touch on one of the reasons why, you know, I've done some research around this, around why people start their own business. And that's one of them is that ability to go out and create uh, a business of your own where you get to decide what is the culture? What are the rules? Even if it's literally just you by yourself or you have a, a small team or whatever you size you grow, that was one of the things that really, well, I had this kind of, breakdown a few years ago with my business. because I got bored of making cakes, which I can't believe I'd ever say. And people would be like, what the fuck? You used to make cakes. (laughs) It wasn't Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at all. And I had this moment where I was like, this isn't what I'm really passionate about. But then I was able, I had through conversation and looking, I was like, oh, I get to create a business, which is which does good in the world and people in, are excited to come into and work with and I'm going to inspire them and, and empower them. And, and when I took that shift, everything changed. And, um, and that's what I'm hearing and what you shared is that ability to set your own rules and say, I'm Jeanette and this is how I see business being done and this is how I want it to be in the world. And I think that's an incredibly exciting thing in my view for entrepreneurs and business owners. Do you agree? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and I think it's comes yeah. back comes back to this ownership piece and taking accountability. You know, I mean, I remember mm. getting knocked back for promotions and all sorts of stuff like that. And you know, and and I I was thinking, oh, well, what are you know, blaming the other person. Oh, I didn't get the promotion because of X. Like, well, actually, no. What did I do wrong? Looking look looking mm. first, and and I think when you accept the accountability and the ownership, and in particular as an entrepreneur, you realize. That that you do make the rules, you do realize there's opportunity everywhere, but you have to you have to open your eyes and open your mind. Um, but yeah, totally, totally agree, Jeremy. I really do.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. We just said there as well. Um, so let's get into some juicy stuff. So I want to hear because the the intention of this podcast is to normalize conversations around failure, um, mental health. And what it really takes to be an entrepreneur and we've already said you know we know we fail and we you know there's a lot of learning in the mistakes we make so I want to hear from you Jeanette come on let's be honest and open like share some of your biggest mistakes fuck ups whatever you want to call them like and I really want to understand like what you've learned from them really oh
0: my, <laughs> oh, oh my god that's, that's you're not blood. watching the
1: video see her face she's like oh god <laughs>
0: There, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, I think in the in the entrepreneurial um space, you know, we've I've had we've had a number of property deals that have fallen flat on their face at the last minute, you know, where we've actually mm-hmm. incurred a lot of cost up front. Right. Um, and, right. and 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 I think again, you know, it's very easy to blame, you know, the economy, what's going on in the in the external environment. And but actually, you know, I think all of that is 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 learning, but at the time. You know, you. I've had times where I've been absolutely hopping mad, and I've wanted to go around and you know smack someone. <laughs> <laughs> you know but but you do have to sort of take a deep breath and go well maybe sometimes things happen for a reason what can i learn from this and what would i do differently next yeah. time but but yeah i mean you know we've had deals that, that have just fallen fallen out of bed at the last minute and that's cost us a lot of money um and mm. you know i think i think sort of being aware of your emotions letting that process getting rid of it yeah. and then kind of you know sleeping on it and and just sort of coming back with a fresh perspective is definitely definitely helped me for sure. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I went to, um, when I was in corporate life, I was buying uh, two businesses, one in China and one in um, Brazil for TUI. Yeah. And these were big deals, right? I mean, this was sort of like, you know, 600 million pounds worth of deals and one was 350. And it, you know, to lead up to something like that is like a year, really in in preparation, negotiations, due diligence, massive, absolutely massive. And then what ended up happening in what, in, in particular instance was that the, the, the rules changed and, and essentially to emerge with the parent company, the whole strategy for the group changed. And I was, right. dis- I was distraught because I'd put so much of my emotional energy into, you know, all of that. And I didn't take it well, you know, and I remember, right. I remember being really sort of thinking, gosh, you know, th- 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 this is down to, this This is sort of, you know, uh, all waste. It's all a waste of time and energy and the team and everything, all of that, all my time away from home. It's all been a waste and been really angry yeah. about it. But the reality yeah. is that's just politics. It's business. And you have to be able to kind of process the emotions, but it's not all about you. An actual fact, yeah. it's the ego, it's your ego. And, and I definitely had an ego. I probably still, I think we've all got an ego, but I definitely had a big ego then. Not
1: me, no. I've... <laughs> 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 I'm lying, of course I have. <laughs> yes, no, that's sorry to interrupt. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, you, yeah, you have got an ego. And, and, that's, and that's, you know, you've shared two really, um, you know, they're big things, right? You've worked hard. From your corporate career, you've worked hard on a on a on a big deal that's taken new years. You know, I'm sh- I know that you would have worked incredibly hard, long hours. You would have really put everything into it. Um, and then on your from your your own personal business, you know, you've had big deals fall through. And I've been there so many times where something has just not gone the way you want to. Either through I personally believe there's always an opportunity for you to look back and learn something and do something differently. It's so easy to go, oh no, 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 it's it's this or that. I think you said that earlier, you know, it's the economy or whatever, but actually there's always the learning in there, isn't there? Um so, and you talked about, you know, these things, and you were angry, you were upset, rightly so, and not getting into that, you know, not diving into the emotions. But is that something that you've learned over time? Because I know for me, I really struggle with that, particularly in the early stages of my business.
0: Yeah. Uh, I is think- that
1: something that, yeah.
0: I think it comes a bit with age, doesn't it actually? And and also, you know, depending on who you surround yourself with, you know, because I think we haven't touched on this, but having the right people in your network, in your life is so important because when you're going through tough times and and you get knockbacks or failures or deals fall over, or you've lost a lot of money or whatever it might be, or someone's let you down because that happens a lot, you know, it's really important that you've got the right support network around you. And I think as you get uh, as you get older, I was always pretty good actually at, at nurturing my network because I like people, right. I'm genuinely like, mm. like helping. I like people, but I've definitely paid more attention to that over the years. And I would say when the dark times happen, having, you know, people in your life and, you know, and it could be family, it could be friends, but very often it's, it's sort of other people in business that y- you can talk to and, and really take some yeah. counsel from. So, so that's something yeah. that that definitely has come with a bit of age and, and kind of experience, I suppose, um, yeah. but but yeah i mean the other thing i would say is that i've had times where i've not trusted my gut instinct enough mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know so and and this is really important with culture i would say so when i joined saga and i i had a really good um uh, I had a really good performance, let me say, at Saga, as an organisation. but when i my doubts about joining that organisation, Saga is um it's it's a big corporate with insurance business, travel businesses, cruise ships, et cetera. my doubts about joining that business were really around is the company ready for change? do they really want change? Is it too much of an autocratic environment for me when I've come from a very fast-paced kind of even within TUI, Yes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of politics, but I had a lot of autonomy to, to get on and, and do my job, even our reporting as the group CEO. So I had those niggles before I took the role. And what ended up yeah. happening was I took the role, I doubled the profit in the in the time that I was there. I got the business back into growth because it had been in terminal decline, saga holidays for 10 years. So I, I, yeah. I was achieving amazing results results but the culture it was a real a real push for me you know I I, I was almost the, the business I was like the medicine the child is sick and you need to take the medicine but actually um it doesn't taste too good you know and, yeah. and, and, and actually you know my gut feel in the beginning played out in the end um mm-hmm. ironically and that, then you know we care it was all very amicable and we came to a you know a, an agreement that I would leave the business I was ready there I, I, wasn't the role for me that I wanted in terms of growth and um, so it was very much a sort of a, a agreement on both sides but some of my frustration was around the culture and actually had I yeah. trusted my instincts my gut instincts in the beginning actually I probably wouldn't have taken the role
1: wow okay that's interesting yeah and that's that's something that really really resonates with me, Jeanette, is that not trusting your instinct. Mm. And it's I've I look back at all of the uh, errors of judgment, mistakes that I've made in the past. I think quite a few of them are driven by me not trusting my gut and actually saying no. This is this is the way forwards. And and actually, you know, you've you've helped me see something which I think could be a lesson for us all. Is that you've you know you were employed, like we get employed. And it comes back to, I think, imposter syndrome. You got employed because, and often people say, oh, I have started a new role and I'm not sure I'm up to it or I don't know if I can do it. It's like, you've been employed because that person trusts that you can do what you say you can do. So it's, you know, it's definitely something that has come up for me time and time again. And it's really interesting to say that, like looking back, you may have not taken that role. You might have gone off and done something differently how do you find that now that you're in your own business do you feel that that is something that you you're not challenged by as much anymore trusting your instincts and going with your gut
0: yeah I mean I think again it's 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 lessons learned you know and actually I I did have as I say I I don't regret taking the position at Saga I genuinely don't I've got lots of colleagues friends there. I think I did good for the business I left it in far better shape than when I joined and, and that for me is important to have made a positive impact but so I don't regret taking it um, but but certainly I think you know your intuition and fit is so important and I think so often we we look at the numbers and that's really critical but the relationships you build is, is arguably even more important and you know what sometimes it's not about anyone's right or wrong it's just not a good combo um, and it's mm. no one's fault and you know now I'm really picky about who I do business with you know there are, mm. there are you know I have a choice I have a choice who i use for for our building projects i have a choice which mentee clients i I take on board i have a choice which businesses i I work with to turn them around grow and which mergers and i you know and i think now i'm much better at saying no uh, Respectfully, and these are my reasons why. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, you know, again, it's a confidence that you tend to say yes to everything. Now I want to say I'll say yes to opportunity because opportunity is everywhere. But sometimes you need to you need to really trust yourself and go: Is this someone that I really want want to work with and do business with? Or may, And it's not that they're a bad person, that maybe they're just not your bag or you're not their bag. Yeah. Um, so to yeah. actually say no in a nice, respectful way is very empowering as well. But, but a lot of people say yes and then don't deliver, feel shit about it, or it ends up quite not in a good way anyway because you should have trusted your gut feel around fit and personality much more.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, I I completely agree with that. I was having a conversation with someone earlier today day around that, particularly in the early stages of people starting their own business or working for themselves. This, this need to feel like you have to say yes to everyone to get money in the door. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to, in my view, I don't know if you agree if in, you know, it, if you are really going to create a life of your choosing and your creation and the reason you left your job was because you wanted more freedom and flexibility, why the hell are you going to go and work with people that might be like dickheads or you're not going to fit in a line? Like, it's a really good point you make. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. And this comes back to sort of trusting yourself um, you know, really believing that you can achieve anything and that if you're saying no to that one particular client, um, actually be true to yourself because there will always be another client. There will always be another deal. And if that means you have to work harder or take more actions or pick up the phone more to, to, to yeah. drive the business, then do that. But but don't, yeah. don't accept mediocrity in your life or too much compromise, which goes against your, yeah. core, va- your core values, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to throw you on. The, I'm going to throw you on the spot right now. So, when was the last time you did or said something that you went "fuck"? I shouldn't have done that.
0: <laughs> probably this morning. <laughs> 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 fair
1: enough, fair because, enough, yeah. because if
0: you're an open person like you are as well, sometimes my brain does not engage with my gob, you know, and because I'm quite yeah. passionate and, and sometimes I just need to take a deep breath, calibrate, calibrate a little bit and maybe freeze in a slightly different way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's very true. Now, I don't know whether or not I asked you this. So again, I am putting you on, on the spot a little bit. I can't remember if I put this in my, in my little piece of information I sent to you via email. Um, tell me if I didn't. So I want to. So what I'd like to do at the end of each interview is ask um, everyone for either a quote or a piece of a business advice that is said all the time that you think is total bullshit. So, for example, one of mine is failure. Like, I, I don't think it's an actual quote. I think it comes from a film, but failure is not an option. And I think that's bullshit. Like, of course, failure is an option. Do you have anything that springs to mind? And I'm trying to string out this sentence to give you time to think of <laughs> any kind of advice or quote that you I clearly haven't put that in my my blurb or sent to my guests before I speak. I'll add that in afterwards. There's a mistake. Um, yeah. Anything that springs to mind in terms of uh, a phrase or a thing that you just say, oh, it's such bullshit.
0: Yeah, I've got one. I've got one.
1: You Go for it. it. Go you're, for you're it. You'll tell be relieved me, me. to hear.
0: Uh, practice, makes per- practice makes perfect is bullshit. Okay. Because. Okay, tell me why. Well, practice will definitely help you get better, but perfection yeah. does not exist,
1: right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It does not
0: exist. Now, you know, practice will make you better. Persistence will make you better. Absolutely. But if you're striving for perfection in your life, you are always going to be disappointed because we are all perfectly imperfect.
1: Mm. Very true. I like that, Jeanette. I hadn't even ever thought of it that way. So there you go. Now I'm going to look at that one and think, I just think there's so much, bs flying around in terms of sayings and quotes and and things like that so yeah that's a really good one so Jeanette let's wrap it up now but I first of all I want to thank you so much for firstly giving me your time hanging out with me I love spending time with you um if you don't know know Jeanette we'll find out where you can find her online but you have uh, in the short time i've known you've been incredibly supportive and in your energy and your passion and your knowledge and your skill it's just amazing and i and i and and uh i think you're an awesome human being so with gr- full gratitude thank you so much for coming and sharing your story um and some of the things that you've learned along the way in your uh, illustrious career um uh, and so where can we find you online
0: oh how, how do we
1: I- connect with jeanette <laughs>
0: I'm everywhere so it's Jeanette, with two <laughs> I, it's, it's Jeanette with two N's and two T's because people always spell my name wrong but anyway Jeanette Linfoot yeah. Um, so yeah so I'm on Facebook LinkedIn Instagram uh, I've got a YouTube channel I've got a website as well JeanetteLinfootAssociates.com so yeah wherever really and I always love hearing from people if I can help even in a tiny little way then you know always happy to share and of course my podcast which is Brave Bold Brilliant you can get it on all the good platforms you know google stitcher spotify itunes um so yeah but i really honestly massively massive respect to you jeremy i think you are incredible what you're doing and i love your honesty your integrity your openness your savvy business uh, knowledge and yeah thank you for inviting me on it's been an absolute joy
1: thank you so much for listening in today i hope you've enjoyed this conversation this has been how not to run a business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, then make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And whilst you're there, if you want to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook. And my profile name is Jeremy Jacobs UK. Or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on trying, keep on failing, keep on succeeding.